it's just yeah so i mean but getting back to maybe a more general question of like you know uh like the process of that and um what i what, like what do i prioritize in terms of facts and fiction i tried to be like i mean it's kind of different like if you're doing something that's based on a true story that's um, and I've done that as I've written things like that as well. That's almost a different beast because you feel a little bit of a heavier burden because you were trying to, in a lot of cases, you don't have like an exact transcript of a conversation, say, between two characters. You know that something happened, but yeah. you have to fill that in and make it feel alive and kind of convincing and real, but you don't want to do it in a way that's like mis kind of totally mischaracterizing like you want to be you basically have to you have to make up shit if something is based on a true story like every mm -hmm. single movie that is based on a true story i guarantee it like makes up some shit or compresses some things or like it has to there's no way yeah. unless you're doing like a documentary like from a transcript from like a court trial or something you know it's like it's gotta be uh fictionalized somewhat but like you want to stay true to the spirit of whatever was going on while also something and honestly sometimes it almost makes me feel a little bit like eh, sometimes doing these true story kind of things like a biopic of you have to impose a kind of narrative arc yeah, of some kind that's onto kind it. That's kind of why, like, I find, yeah, uh, I don't know, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that annoys me, I feel like, about, like, dramatic writing uh, is that, like, yeah, you have to, like, give the story and, like, give the things that, like, people respond to in life, like, no matter what, especially, I think writing theater is a little bit different, which I guess is what we're talking about here, where, like, there's a little bit, I feel like there's a little bit more creativity you can exercise because it's more local and small scale, which is why I prefer theater strongly, even though, yeah. like, you know, like, I'm not going to, like, go to bat for, like, the American theater as, like, an amazing institution. But I think, yeah, like, having to kind of, like, give those, like, little beats and, like, give people what they want is, like, so, yeah, and it really just, yeah, it can really just destroy any, like, interest that you have in a subject i feel like what's interesting about parapol like you know political parapolitical matters or like that type of subject so there's usually some kind of mystery involved which can actually be like preserved and like can be sort of a fertile you know field of for creativity um yeah but, yeah i mean that's yeah. why even though i mean i think sometimes fairly you could say that anything any story involving like a cop investigating something is like copaganda and like blah 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 mm -hmm. but in like you know whether it's a cop or like a private eye or something like that like that like if i were to return to the drawing board and be like i'm gonna come up with something that's maybe like inspired by loosely inspired by true events but it's gonna be fictionalized that's probably the the genre path like i would kind of take with it because it's it's best set up to basically harbor ambiguities and like like that process of like revelation and like unfurling like a mysterious narrative as opposed to and it's more about that journey than it is about the arc of a character like in this like hero's journey kind of bullshit way which a lot of people's life stories just don't i mean yeah on the one hand i would defend like okay having some kind of arc in the most broad sense possible is a good thing to have because like i don't know uh, people watching something like to feel like they've sort of gone on some kind of journey from like a to b you know yeah but uh but imposing a kind of 
like hard Aristotelian or like a Joseph Campbell or like a save the cat kind of thing <laughs> in it. Like sometimes, and, and the annoying thing is a lot of like the gatekeepers in Hollywood really kind of subscribe to like that kind of idea of storytelling. Absolutely. Yes. And um, they kind of expect that from you. So even to get it made and like, you gotta yeah. have, yeah. Which is I've had a lot of like, people say shit like that. Like that's, that's notes I've gotten before of like, you know, inciting. Where's the inciting incident? Also, <laughs> yeah, just like, like length shut the in general. Fuck up, like, yeah. yeah. And but I mean, that's what I think is better about being like writing plays or like I don't know in what venue like this would be staged, but I assume this would be something you like put on with like you know uh, a group of actors whom you know or like or you know like audition people like with a group of friends you have uh, or like collaborators. So like it's easier to like experiment with form. In mm -hmm. that context, but I think there's a lot good. more audience patience for yeah. it in theater. And I think. I think experimenting with form is like I don't know. Experimenting with form is very interesting because I feel like, in terms of like like the interest, I feel like the structural for me personally, you know, I'm like more of I honestly am more of the playwright of the two of us. I think, but like, oh no, you've uh, always been, you've yeah, always been. But yeah. I think that like in terms of like these subjects, makes some kind of interest. Like I feel like the sort of uh, instability and like the sort of uh, what's the What's the way to, to, to put it? Like the inconvenience of like these things for like conventional narratives. Like I think it's interesting to think about like marrying that problem like in the like experimentation with the dramatic form. Because I think that like, you know, there is like kind of like a thing that like, you know, we figured out that like goes off like from saving the cat. Like whether it's like from conditioning to like respond to these like little cues or maybe there is some kind of like whatever Aristotle had suggested that there's like a purgative effect that's almost like medicinal uh in a way that like uh, we are our thalma or whatever like responds it's all about to, getting to this, getting to catharsis you know, yeah like you know or a thuma or whatever the the word for for uh, he uses but yeah exactly maybe maybe there is but you know like I think that part of like the you know what's interesting about this that they don't like a lot of these topics a lot of uh, parapolitical or whatever you want to say like you know esoteric or these these sort of uh, subliminal topics they don't like necessarily fit to that there's something uh dracular or like unsatisfying about them yeah yeah which i think definitely can be i think it could be explored in all of these mediums um yeah. it's just that yeah like nowadays I will say I felt a really hard drop off in 2016 when Trump won. Mm -hmm. I just noted I there was a vibe being shift. Like maybe people now will like you know want to criticize the military, and they're like, nope, we do not want to do that. We want to do that. Less. I thought that for a f I was like yeah. coping and hoping for like a few weeks that that might be true because now that like evil Trump is running the military and might go off and do a bunch of dumb shit with it, that liberals would be like back in like late. W. Bush mode when like you know Syriana and shit like that came out when there was like there was a little blip in the late to, mid to late 2000s of pissed off Hollywood liberals making like somewhat America skeptic type uh, movies and stuff um, but then Obama won and it's like psh, nope uh, he like Hollywood loves him and like his drone war is based and and especially after yeah, after Trump got in, it was like we talked about in the first question, like every liberal just ran and immediately embraced like the CIA and the FBI and the military because it was like they're brave, responsible people standing up against this crazy orange man and, and stuff. And you could just see that's when like shows like Jack Ryan like kicked off and just a bunch of other. I mean, you really don't see a lot of military shit at all anymore. 
coming out of Hollywood. And like, like, I mean, they're, which is not to say they're not involved in a lot of productions, because whenever you see U.S. military equipment in a big budget movie, that means the Pentagon has some creative control yeah. over it because they've given it to them for free. So, I mean, I mean, like Top Gun Maverick obviously is a Pentagon like yes. commercial. I basically. didn't see it, but from what I read quite about open. it, it I, I saw like it. Was, uh, yeah. It's like, all about bombing like an Iranian nuclear reactor, right, but they the managed enemy, to like never. But it's I like, think they, yeah, we yeah they kill they, their nuclear scientists. Just like the eighties, the they're yeah. they're slick enough to never really name like yeah. the country, but it's obviously Iran. Of um, course, yeah. And uh, but then you know you do see it in like you know like Captain Marvel being like a based girl boss like fighter pilot. You know you see it in like superhero movies pop up sometimes, and uh, anything that's like a kind of homelandy thing at this point is so like cucked by the CIA, like literally like be like, uh, what is it? Like John Krasinski, like gushing about how he got invited to Langley. So that like real CIA officers could tell me what's really going on. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Like you are. And then like next season is about how like Venezuela has a nuclear bomb <laughs> or some shit. Yeah. Like it's the dumbest like propaganda bullshit ever. And so it really felt like that th whatever market, and it was a slim one in the early 2010s, like existed for people. I thought because like the bar is getting so low, there are all these secondary fucking streaming networks that nobody even watches that are yeah, just like green lighting all kinds like, of forgettable crap. But like, why not take it? Tubi, Kubi. Yeah, yeah. Kubi, like, Crash I, I and think, Burn. But like, why are there so many Ubies? Like, it's ridiculous. I feel like there's like multiple money laundering. Ubies. Who the fuck yeah, knows? But, uh, but like, you really freebie, feel like, like, I'm sorry, those tech people, whatever you want to say, you could say a lot of evil things about Hollywood people, but at least some of them, like, are actual big fans of, like, Hollywood. Like, they know movies, kind of, and, like, they have an appreciation for something that, like, is good and connect. You know what I mean? Or, like, they have a little... Like, I've met people like that, but there's only yeah. so far that enthusiasm can go when you get these, like, weirdos from Netflix coming down. Because now what they're doing, they've implemented this almost, like, like it's like the cybernetic studio exec algorithm yeah. where it's, like, um, like watching a boy ride a bike at two minutes and 30 seconds is not popular with people who loved House of Cards yeah. and Ozark, so you must cut this. It's, like, they're making, like, editorial, directorial mm -hmm. decisions in their shows that yes. is, like, way more invasive and weird than even, like, a Save the Cat kind of trope you know kind of thing and yes. so that's that's been a big thing that's been going on that there's at least a little bit of human imagination but yeah basically lambda is like giving you notes so everything feels very safe and incredibly predictable and boring for access to the full-length episode subscribe to the hour of frequency at patreon.com slash subliminal jihad